Try and welcome us, Bowerly. We'll get to right to your telephone calls in a moment on WBEN. Got a uh, an excellent spot on email. I'm hoping, says the emailer, I'm hoping to get someone in the media to start questioning why Kathy Hochul is not requesting an emergency disaster declaration from the federal government. She has requested and received an emergency declaration from President Biden, but there's a huge difference between the two. Emergency declaration pays for municipalities to clean up. Disaster declaration allows individuals and businesses to apply for financial assistance for repairing storm damage, cleanup, economic injury for business, etc. It would seem to me this catastrophic event would certainly qualify. What a great point, and I thank the emailer for bringing that to uh, my attention. It is uh, Bowerly. Uh, let me just do a cold read here of uh, an email um, rescuing people in 70 mile an hour winds. Um, I rescued 41 people Friday night in Newstead with a snowmobile groomer. I rescued 41 people Friday night in Newstead with a snowmobile groomer. So Friday night in uh, Newstead, it was absolutely atrocious. Newstead and Clarence were among the areas in the worst of the band. So, is, is again, you'll have to excuse me because uh, you know we were in the radio station. We could not see across our um, our space to the building that's uh, eh, maybe 100, 120 feet away from us. We we couldn't do it. So I don't know what the what the visual was like on the ground on a snowmobile. Never been on a snowmobile. Been on an ATV, motorcycles, but uh, never a snowmobile. Um, 803-0930. Jet ski, yeah, but they don't work real well in snow. Let's get back to the calls. John in Amherst on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom. <clears throat> hey, just wanted to say that, you know, you're, you're – soliloquy as you put it it was just spot on right i mean it, it's all about the leadership right and versus being politicians and you can't blame yourself nor can your team and we thank you guys for what you do but you can't blame yourself for the lack of leadership right the the thing is and I, i'm a, a firm believer in a leader surrounds themselves with wise counsel, and they make decisions based upon that wise counsel. And the wise counsel coming from almost every meteorologist reporting on this, that this is going to be bad, that they put their political decision in front of what was the decision, what was right. And I agree with you. They should have put the driving ban in place at 6 a.m. Now, granted, I think it was Dave was one of the callers who was saying, you know, I mean, there's also the people out there who just ignored it. Right. And, and, you know, that was a decision that they made that unfortunately um, contributed to the, the issues that we see right now. And, and, and it's just, it's sad. Um, my condolences to all the families, particularly around this time, it's just a horrible, horrible event. But Tom, you guys can't blame yourselves for not we we always we always ask if we could have done more. We would be not doing our job if we didn't ask if we could have done more. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. I totally get it. But you know, it's the leadership that needs to. You know, we we elected these officials for their leadership, and you know, their their leadership was not to the level where it needed to be. 
You know, it 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 really it it wasn't, um, frankly. And anybody who looked out the window, as I did, eight o'clock on Friday morning, knew that it was going to be bad. Anybody knew it was going to be bad. And uh, this th- these deaths did not have to happen. They should not have happened. And I don't know why Kathy Hochul didn't get in touch with Mark Polencars and say. Hey, should we close down Erie County at uh, 6 a.m. on Friday? Because all the indications are we're in for a a natural disaster. Right. And and the other piece is they should have had the National Guard in here with the high lifts and the front end loaders before the storm happened versus calling them in afterwards and to clean up the aftermath. They should have been here I mean, we've got a base up in Niagara Falls that we could have tapped. We've got, you know, there's National Guard bases around. They could have brought them in from Syracuse, right? So yeah. they, they should have done that beforehand. Well, there are, there's going to be a lot of questions asked, and the media's job is going to be to cut through the spin and figure out who's given us the real deal. Um, my com- criticism of myself is I think I should have been more adamant uh, about how bad it was going to be. And I think I got a little bit too concerned about people saying, you're hyping the weather, you're hyping the storm, because I'm very, I, I hate it when media people hype the weather, and especially when it doesn't materialize. I hate that. Right. But Tom, to your point, you know, the if they came out and said, you know, we're going to shut this down, we're going to, you know, close this down. If and it doesn't happen, blame me. That's what a, re- that's what a leader does. Right, exactly. Yep, I, I thank you very much. I, uh, I appreciate your call. Uh, I said earlier, if you're just tuning in, that it would have been so nice to see uh, a Mark Polencars or a Kathy Hochul say, look, we've been in consultation with meteorologists. This is going to be a generational, life-threatening storm. I know it's Christmas weekend, but we want you around for many Christmases to come. So I'm banning driving throughout Erie County, effective 6 a.m. Friday morning. If it doesn't happen, blame me. But I have to take this action to try to prevent something that we reasonably believe is going to take place. Um, but, But that didn't happen. And I should have been stomping up and down more because, my goodness, every single day last week, we started off 2 o'clock talking to Andy Parker, I think from Tuesday on, talking about the coming weather situation for the Christmas weekend. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, – and, and, you know, the, the one thing, too, that, that you've got to think about, people forget things so quickly. It's going to be 50 degrees later this week, so the next big story is going to be the flooding, okay? But – we forget so quickly, and they're going to go out maybe, buy a bunch of front loaders, buy a bunch of snowmobiles, buy a bunch of uh, tracked vehicles that are enclosed for the transport of very elderly or ill people, and they might just sit on parking lots in fire departments or city garages for years and years and years. Generational literally means once every 20 years. So there's always budget concerns, always budget concerns. And uh, it, it's just it, it's such it's such a tough call. But again, being prepared is, is nine tenths of it. You might not have been a Boy Scout, but you know to be prepared. Let's, you were the night of your senior prom. Let's go to uh, Barbara in Chicktawaga. You're on WBEN. Welcome. 
Thank you, Tom. I'm uh, so glad your family is okay, and I thank you and everyone at BEN. I think that you did so much more good than you know to the entire community because don't forget that there were a whole bunch of us listening out there who didn't call in and didn't need rescuing and didn't need help, but your calming voices and your presence was was a godsend to us and just a lifeline that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So I thank you for that very much. Um, I've been a weather geek my whole life, and I've, I've watched a lot of TV where they <clears throat> cover the hurricanes in other parts of the U.S. And this storm, to me, reminded me of of almost a hurricane. We knew in advance what was coming. A blizzard declaration was made. They don't do that lightly. No. You know, and you're talking about hyping the weather and you don't like that. You know, neither do I. But now I'm beginning to wonder, rather than focusing on, you know, in the future, uh, maybe we need to use um, our state resources to set up community centers and evacuate our most vulnerable people and the elderly and move them in advance to shelters where there's food and cots and clothing and medical attention if they need it. And I think all of that is best accomplished more at the local level rather than looking to Albany or, you mm. know, even our, uh, you know, state elected officials. I think Buffalo councilmen and, and, you know, just people, normal people like you and me could could get together and make those kinds of things happen. And, and we could look out for each other because the more I look around at our elected officials, I just don't think that the kind of leaders that we need are really out there. And if, and we got to just do it ourselves. Well, the, the buildings of which you speak already stand and they're called public schools. Every area has a large public school very close by. The question is, there's no point, is there, in moving people to a public school for shelter if the public school has power issues? And how many shelters did we see that had to close down because they themselves ran out of power? So I think what you need is a situation where you've got um, emergency generators uh, that can provide power no matter what. And, by the way, I'm sure you heard this over the weekend, but the number of people who called in whose emergency generators, their $12,000 investment, failed them when they most needed it. I, I did hear that, and I, I happened to own a, a whole house generator that I got for my mom when she was alive because she had medical equipment. Um, so, And I, under, so I understand that. Um, I have it maintained every year. I make the investment to do that. And I think our state dollars could be invested in, in providing those generators, as you said, like for the school buildings to make sure that when they're needed for their purpose. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to, you know, when I was in grade school, we used to have air raid drills and my school was an air raid shelter. And I always wondered, you know, what that meant, what, what had to happen in order for us to be told to go to your local air raid shelter, you know, until I grew up and understood more. Um, so I think those concepts aren't really anything new. I just think that we are, are looking to Albany and our so-called leaders for answers, and I just don't think they're there. Well, the, the devil is always in the details, and the detail in this case is who buys the generators. Let's say the schools are standing. Who buys the generators, and who makes sure that they're properly maintained? And if they do go out during a storm, do the people who know how to fix them know how to fix them, and are they on location? 
Um, you'd have to train people uh, who would be the wardens, if I can take a term from the Second World War, who would be the generator wardens of a given uh, school to make sure that if they go down during the blizzard, they know exactly to go in there, get the filter out, dry it off, and build some kind of a barricade so the snow doesn't sneak in. And, and by the way, um, before anybody starts doing laundry, uh, make sure your dryer vent isn't totally covered with snow because that can push you in a world of hurt, too. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the, our, our state and local officials, they put out RFPs, requests for proposals for so many things. I, I just see the absence of a, of a plan. You know, I think that our we see these news conferences and listen to these news conferences where our elected leaders, you know, they stand there and they talk about how how they're coordinated and things, but that's not what we're seeing. There's a disconnect. That's that's a great point. That, that that's a great that, point. I I just I think that if we could take a step back after, you know, we get through this and and just try to analyze a little bit what what failed. Like you said, there's going to be a lot of discussion about many things after the fact, but but you know, take a step back and say. We've, we've always done it this way. If it's not working, especially when we had so much advance notice, what kinds of things could we do different? What's practical? You know, your whole point about the generators, very good points. You know, I agree with them all. And, but, okay, so if that's not the answer, what might be the answer to prevent the, the number of deaths that we had here going forward? Yeah, losing, I, I, I just, I cannot get over the fact that we lost more people in the blizzard of 22 than we did in the blizzard of 77. I've been searching all weekend for answers. The only one I've been able to come up with is the fact that people had been dealing earlier that month with single-digit temperatures, and they were you know, they were more, I think, prepared for winter in 1977 than on a day where you wake up and it's 40 degrees, and frankly, it's been kind of a mild winter. Um, I think that might have been a contributing factor to this. But I do think a lot of the deaths could have been prevented by instituting a ban at, as of 6 a.m. on Friday. As you pointed out, the National Weather Service, I've never seen them issue a blizzard warning. Maybe they've done it. I don't recall them issuing a blizzard warning so far in advance of an event. And in a position of leadership, you get on the phone with the National Weather Service's chief meteorologist and you say, Okay, you guys just put out a blizzard warning. Really? What are the probabilities? And if they say 95% probability, you say, all right, I got to close down the county at uh, 6 a.m. on Friday, whether it's Christmas or not, and explain to people, if I'm wrong, blame me, but I've got to look out for the greater good, not my own political butt. Um, but, I think you're right. See, I I, the, uh, these people yeah. are career politicians. I've done other things with my life. So is David Bellavia. Exactly. And I was I was 18 or 19 during the blizzard of 77. And my my recollection of that time back then is that maybe we had more trust in our elected officials or maybe we had more faith in, you know, if they're saying stay off the roads, don't drive. This is a blizzard. Maybe we believe them. Nowadays, I'm just not so sure that we have that level of trust or belief. Um, and yes, we've been through weather heights before that never materialized. But like you said, a blizzard designation, that meant something it to did. me when I heard that. It was serious. Absolutely, it did. Thank you, my love. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, get, getting back to our elected officials, um, I know he still has family in the area, but 
uh, during 1977, the mayor of the city of Buffalo is a man named Stan Mikowski. The blizzard of 77 effectively destroyed his political life. He was blamed unfairly for the failures in the city of Buffalo. He got a bum rap. Stan Mikowski was the scapegoat for the blizzard of 77. Um, he was advanced. I mean, not not elderly, but he certainly had an established political career. I guess uh, they could afford to sacrifice him. He was expendable, but he got a bum rap for that. So uh, every time you have a situation like that, somebody's got to pay the price. At uh, Pearl Harbor, the commander paid the price for not heeding. This is to be considered a war warning, not sending out the PBYs to patrol, not sending out the jet, the, the jets, the uh, fighter planes to patrol, not properly making sure that people were in defensive positions with unlocked ammunition lockers so the first wave of Japanese planes uh, could have been better shot down than they were. Second wave took more hits than the first wave did. Um, but again, after Pearl Harbor, uh, they were basically... Uh, uh, charged with and I believe convicted of dereliction of duty. And I think that some of our politicians could also, it could be said, they are guilty of dereliction of duty. In Pearl Harbor, the commander and all other commanders in the Pacific were issued war warnings. They did not heed them at Pearl Harbor. It proved very costly, 3,000 or so American lives lost. In uh, this blizzard, they had a blizzard warning, and I don't think they took the appropriate precautions. And I don't think I yelled and screamed enough. Not that that would have done any good. I'm just an idiot with a microphone. I'm not in a position of power. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. But if I was county executive, I would have a county executive uniform just to look spiffy. All right, sorry, just trying to make somebody laugh. It's been a real tough weekend for a lot of us here in western New York. It's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Having a heck of a time figuring out how to unpin posts on the uh, most recent version of Facebook. Used to be easy. You click on the three dots, you'd scroll down, unpin post. I can't find it on this, uh, this thing. I looked it up online, everything else. Anyway, uh, welcome. It's Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Your uh, continuing comments on the blizzard of 22. Let's go to Howard. You are on. Welcome. Yes, Tom. First of all, obviously my condolences for the 28 people who passed away. Um, I had a past career in emergency services, so this is why I'm partly calling. Tom, and this goes for all of WBEN. Think of the number of lives that you guys also possibly saved. Um, you know, I know the one gentleman that you were talking through, he was stranded in a car earlier this weekend. James uh, and Joe. Yes. Okay, I, I don't remember the exact names, but think of that also as some of the positive effects that you guys made. I know WBEN has been awarded awards for their coverage of events before, and I think this one needs to be recommended or suggested to whoever whether it be the FCC or whoever it is I think you guys need to be nominated for your coverage well we we did um, last year we won a national Murrow award which is a very big deal I suspect we're going to win another one but I, I have to be very honest with you at this point in my life and my career awards are not a real big deal and the problem with awards is that rewards 
or awards always are based on someone else's tragedy. I mean, that, uh, if we win an award for the tops coverage, how do I celebrate that? That was a horrible day. If we win an award for the blizzard uh, coverage, how can I possibly celebrate getting an award on the backs of 35 dead people? I can't do that. That's not me. No, I, I agree with you. But one thing I was taught, I mean, I'll be honest with an EMT for a number of years, and I kind of felt the same when I lost my first patient. And then somebody goes, remember of all the lives that you did save and the lives that you did touch. Um, so I guess I'm calling to try to encourage you. I heard your, I, I, I guess it's called a soliloquy. Apologize if I misspoke, but you were dead on. A true leader, like you said, we've talked about the politicians, but a true leader is there with his or her men. And I did not see this with our politicians. Um, the, the closest, no, I, I, the closest was Mayor Brown. Oh, oh. And, 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 and by the way, Mayor Brown, um, it, it's kind of interesting because from what I heard, Mark Polinkars was screeching against people violating the driving ban. And I, I accept that. That's a valid screech. Mayor Brown was merciless when it came to the looters in the city of Buffalo. By the way, there was also looting in the town of Chictawaga that people have not uh, been told about. Uh, they had to deploy, I think, some state police and town PD to guard some of the stores in Chictawaga. Uh, and, and Mayor Brown at one point with, uh, I think it was Tim Wenger, said these people who loot during this kind of an emergency are the lowest of the low. But it, when, when you are, as you said, a, a first responder, you might save 100 lives, but it's the two that you don't save that you wonder, could I have done more? And, and frankly, that is where I find myself. I've, I've found myself since uh, yesterday or maybe even over the weekend wondering, are we doing enough? I mean, we um, we made a, a, a decision to stay on the air 24-7. Um, Joe Beamer and I, we basically tag team it on uh, on Saturday night. You know, we one of us would get shut eye, the other be on the air. David Bellavia was always around, so we um, we we were on during the Bills game, which is something. Um, uh, frankly, uh, uh, we weren't planning on being on during the Bills game, but when James called in, we had a staff meeting with everybody who was in studio and said, "Guys, we cannot bail out on these people who are stranded and simulcast the Bills game. We're going to sound like idiots." And we called Tim Wenger. He promptly said, you guys are absolutely right. Run through the Bills game. I volunteered to do the Bills game hours. Joe Beamer came in. and did, I think it was Joe Beamer um, who came in after that. It could have been David. could have been Wenger. Uh, you, you lose track of these things. You guys probably know better than I do because I'm right in the middle of it. But um, mm -hmm. thank you for your kind words, sir, and thank you for your work as a first responder. Right. And, um, you know, I – I think, you know, like some previous callers have called before, and I think hopefully Western New York and agencies, I will say this in general, need to look at the types of equipment that we have. Yes, this was a once-in-generation storm. This is why I will end with. Sometimes they need to look at what they are purchasing, what do we really need versus what we would like to have. 
Um, that that's a fair point, uh, and you've you know just like you've got to triage calls coming in, you have to triage budgetary uh, requests and what is needed versus what is wanted. Situation like this, there is no end to the equipment that we needed. Now I do have the email from the snowmobiler saying he saved forty one people on Friday night. I've asked him to call into the show. Um, I hope he does. But we had the emergency services uh, coordinator, Dan Neverth and Mark Polnikars, both saying uh, snowmobiles or anything else wouldn't have been practical because when you can't see, you can't see. So what is the answer? I don't know because I've got two stories. I've got uh, three, two experts saying you can't see even on a snowmobile. And I've got a guy who says, I saved 41 people on my snowmobile. And I know that Newstead was one of the worst hit areas, Newstead and Clarence, uh, during the period mentioned. Um, I thank you. Howard, well, you're in Clarence. You know this ain't news to you. Oh, no, it's not any different news to me. Um, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is the real heroes, obviously, were the first responders. I can't do any more. I can't do any more because I'm very similar to the medical conditions that you suffered. Um, so you know what? I'm going through with that, and I do miss it. I will admit it. I'm doing it, and it still bugs me that I don't do it anymore. Um, but my support is obviously with the first responders. And everything like that. And the only thing is I would encourage people, like you said, the National Weather Service warned well in advance. So they knew about this. And I say this half heartedly because I always wanted to occur in emergency management. There was a movie, don't quote me where I got it, it's called 13 Minutes. And it's not necessarily geared toward a snowstorm. It was geared toward a tornado. It was based on a real story. Um, found it somewhere where a National Weather Service meteorologist was this is going to be the worst tornado outbreak we ever had. And you go through it, it has the exact same plot almost at what happened here in our city, what happened out there. And you look at the comparisons, and you would not believe it, Tom. I'm not kidding you. Uh, I've just uh, screenshotted it to my cell phone, and I'm going to try to watch that. Uh, it's an hour and 48 minutes. I can find that time probably. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate hearing from you. Take care, and have a good night, and hey. Oh, absolutely. I know it's I know it's hard, but remember, you did make a difference, and you did save lives too. Well, I, I we all we all appreciate that, but like like anybody else who was involved in any anything like trying to help people over the weekend, you wonder if you couldn't do more. And if you don't wonder about that, you're in the wrong profession. You always have to wonder: Could we have done this better? Um, You talk to firefighters who were able during a a house fire to get four people out, but they couldn't get two people out. They don't concentrate on the four people they saved. They're more upset with the two they couldn't. I'm sure the doctors go through the same thing. It's just a normal um, thought process for anybody who's involved in anything like a first responder or mass communications or medical uh, profession. You always want to do it better. You always wonder about the ones that couldn't be gotten to. It's just, that's normal. It's natural. It's not self-flagellation. It is simply wanting to do as well as you possibly can because, as I've said, we every one of us took this as a duty over the weekend. Here is uh, Mary in Orchard Park on WBEN. Mary, you are on. Go ahead. Hi there. First of all, I just wanted to say I actually teared up and started to cry when Jim called me on Sunday. Sunday, I think it was, um, after hearing him. To tell us that he was okay? 
Yeah. Uh, he did that with David Bellavia and myself uh, with Bowerly and Bellavia reprised for the storm. Um, I had tears streaming down my face, tears of happiness and joy. So did Jimmy, Jimmy Love as well. Thinking about it, it was that was an amazing story. The only other time I've seen Jimmy Love cry is when he was told he had to work with me. <laughs> I had some ideas about other things that maybe the state, city, governments could have done. Um, there's a reverse nine one one call system. I don't know if that was activated, um, but they'd use it for lost children or things like that. Why couldn't they have done something like that on Tuesday or Wednesday so people could have prepared for what was coming? Oh, what a great idea. You know, in today's days and age, you know, we've got some younger people living in the city. They've come from UB, Canisius, all the colleges, and they're sticking around a little bit. They, they aren't from the Buffalo area. They're kind of heads down. They've grown up heads down, cell phones listening to satellite radio and streaming services. They're not tuned into local news, local media. Um, I can't imagine what it would have been like if the college kids had been in town during this. I think we would have had a whole nother level of problems. Oh, you are so right. Ma'am, Mary, this, this is one of the best calls. This is one of the best ideas I've heard. Reverse 911 could have been used. The technology, as I understand it, exists. Hi, I'm Erie County Executive Mark Polencars. The National Weather Service has put out a blizzard warning. I'm closing the county at 6 a.m. for all but essential workers. You will be ticketed if you are out driving. And there's also the emergency alert on cell phones. You ever you ever get w- uh, awakened in the middle of the night with an amber alert from some kidnapped kid in Schenectady? Right, right. I just think, and even you could expand that, like, if you don't know what to do in a winter storm, press one, you know, and then they can go through and say, don't heat your your apartment with an oven. Um, put your taps on drips so they don't freeze. Um, if it gets really cold and you do lose heat, fill the floor in the middle of your apartment with all the things that you can to keep the warmth in. Don't go driving. These are the reasons why. I just don't think there's a cultural history in a, in a good part of our society in Buffalo right now. You know, for a guy who prides himself on technology and was all over Twitter 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, I would have thought Mark Polencars would have been a little bit more on the ball with the high-tech ways. Well, they're not really high-tech anymore. Now they're just the way people do business um, of reaching out to the public. Um, and in retrospect, easy for me to say, that should have been done. What you are saying is some of the best um, critiquing I've heard of the leadership on the county level because the technology, as far as I know, does exist not just for the reverse 911 but also to send people text, send people the emergency alert on their cell phone, stress to them the importance of what is going on. Probably... I'm thinking, I don't know this, but it's a fair presumption that the Christmas weekend and not being given the nickname like the Grinch by people like me might have played a role. I don't know. I thank you, Mary. Great call. Great ideas. Um, 803-0930. And look, um, I'm just going to say Kathy Hochul, my opinion, is not a very intelligent woman. 
Sure, she's governor of New York State. I'm a two-bit talk show host. Kathy Hochul also happens to be the luckiest politician I have ever seen in my life. But if you're looking for brain power, you're not going to find it in Kathy Hochul. She's not real smart, guys. She's not real swift. I'll take an IQ test against her any day, and I'll cream her. Uh, not that IQ is everything, but it is some indication. Let's go to uh, traffic on WBEN, especially a World War II IQ test. The Battle of the Bulge was not 1994. Uh, then again, I did call Sunday, Saturday a few times. I, I heard about that. Let's go uh, back to the calls. Here is CJ in Buffalo. CJ, you're on WBEN. Go ahead. Yeah, hello. Yes, ma'am. Um, whatever happened to personal responsibility? Um, people don't like being told what to do. And it, it was evident with masking and vaccines and such. And I don't think it matters at all what leaders or politicians say, because there's always going to be knuckleheads that think that they know better. Um, there were warnings everywhere, and people were still driving around on Friday. So you don't think that... If, if what you're saying is if people di- didn't get the idea that Friday was going to be a cluster and a dangerous, deadly one at that, there's nothing you could do that was going to stop them from doing stupid stuff. Yeah, there's always going to be stupid people. And that's why streets can't get plowed and ambulances and fire engines can't get through. But here, think- here's here's what I think. I do think that if you would have closed Erie County down as of 6 a.m. on Friday, employers could not legally ask non-essential people to show up for work. And I okay. think that would have cut down on the people getting stranded trying to escape from work. Of course. But there's still going to be the idiots that want to go to 7-Eleven or just drive around and take a look at things. You know, I... Of course, you're going to make exceptions for essential people. And if they got stuck, they definitely need help. But I would really like to know about these hundreds of stranded cars and how many people really had to be out there on Friday or even on Saturday. I think that's a fair question. And I think one of the answers is the Christmas holiday. I think there are many people in the world who have traditions. There are many people in this world who procrastinate. And I, I, I do believe that many of the stranded people thought, you know what? I forgot to do my Christmas shopping or, geez, I forgot to get the D batteries for the toy, things like that. I don't know that to be the case. Maybe we'll hear from some of the people who got stranded. I'd love to. If you got stranded and had to be rescued, how come you were out? I think that's a great question, and I'm not going to be I'm not going to be judgmental because if it was something stupid, believe me, I've done my share. Yeah, you know, some folks they want the government to do everything when things are bad, but then they don't support the government when things are good. Well, this look, this story has showed us a few things. Number one, when you most need government services, government services will not be available. Number two, it is asinine by the year 2030 to ban all but electric appliances from New York State. People are alive today because they had natural gas fireplaces to give them heat. If this does not 
for once and for all bring this all electric appliances, all electric furnaces nonsense in New York State to a grinding halt. I don't know what will. All of us, right wing, left wing, we all freeze. Making people go to all electric is going to kill people. The death toll would have been in the hundreds, possibly the thousands, without natural gas fireplaces and appliances. Number three, this once and for all should settle the idea of whether we should have wind turbines in Lake Erie. How many of those things would have been blown over in the winds? Well, of course, and that's all going to be tweaked in the future. It's not going to happen. What's not going to happen? Oh, about banning all gas appliances? I mean, even the generators. I have a generator, and people that have whole whole home generators, my generator wouldn't have worked in this in this weather. The winds were too bad. The air filter, the air intakes were plugged. Even the people that spent ten, twelve thousand dollars on a whole home gas generator, the generator failed to work. Right. Well, we we found that out from several people. Um, thank you very much. I I appreciate I appreciate the call, ladies and gentlemen. Your life in the future depends on your getting in touch. And would somebody in the media please ask the damn question to Kathy Hochul? Do you still think it's a good idea to ban all but electric appliances? What do you think the death toll would have been like had this storm been in night in twenty thirty and not twenty twenty two? That is an abomination, and people, it's going to kill people. It will literally murder the people of New York State if they insist on this asinine ban on all but electric appliances. How'd that work for you during the last storm? We would be talking about thousands dead today, not 28, not 35, thousands dead.